You're listening to Super Manager, the podcast for people who manage people and business with ideas, trends, and expert interviews to help you be a super manager. Hi, welcome to Super Manager Podcast. <laughs> this week, I'm here with my HR collaboration group, and we are talking about office horror stories. And with me today, I have Tara Gregor, Breakwell, Workplace Wellbeing. Rod McCann, McCann Consulting, uh, Pharmacy Benefit Management. Lisa Oxenhandler, Recruiting for Growth. Natalie Meyer, Meyer Group, Insurance and Investments. Mary Kutheis, MCK Coaching, Business Coach and Confidant. And Samantha Nay, CN Video Production, Corporate Video. Awesome. Okay, so we're talking about office horror stories. And Lisa, you brought up new employee thought that he didn't need training. Oh, yeah. He was in uh, outside sales forever. Uh-huh. And then he took a position which was supposed to be outside sales, but they didn't really know how to train somebody, so they wanted him in more than he wanted to be. And so he just wouldn't listen to them. He wouldn't take any of their suggestions. He wouldn't make calls first. He wanted to go knocking on doors. And ultimately, it just was not a good fit. Yeah. And that's the abridged version, but he didn't even last 60 days just because he was so headstrong on he knew what he He had been so independent so long. He yeah. was like, I don't know how to do this. So. He didn't know the product. He didn't know their customer. He didn't know anything. Well, not Except only that, that. he thought he knew. Not yeah, only that, but, but sales ch- the way people do sales changes. Right. And, and, and it sounds like the job, it wasn't quite clear what it was. So it wasn't a good fit, perhaps, from the start, because maybe the company didn't bring in the right kind of person? Um, a or little no? bit of both. Yes, they do struggle. Both are to blame, uh-huh. if there's a blame, because they want the person inside, and yet they're professing that this is an outside sales position. But they want them inside, probably, for a good six months to learn the product, to learn okay. who their customer is, all those kinds of things. You've got to be upfront about that. Yeah, yeah absolutely. It, so it, it was learning for them, and they still struggle, and it was bad fit for him because a little more backstory, he had just inherited some money, so oh. didn't need to work. Didn't um, need to stick around. There you go. If it, it just, you know. There's no motivator. Exactly. I don't need you and your training. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this is a perfect fit. I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> so exactly. it seems like the guidelines and expectations, though, of the company maybe weren't clear as well. Exactly. Is that something that they learned from moving forward with that? Exactly. <laughs> I think that happens, though, with outside sales sometimes. You know, people immediately want to start making their own schedule, doing as they please, and they think, okay, that's the way it is. And it's like, Till we, you know, know that you can follow a routine, you can be on topic, you can't, you know, mm-hmm. you can stick with this, and we need to know that you're going to show up and show us kind of who you are, then we'll let you go. Yeah. You know, but at first you kind of got to establish, you know, hey, I'm responsible, I'm a non-time person, and, you know, like. We have the same issue. It's not just sales. We have the same issue with interns and video yeah. production. They have an expectation of, I'm going to come do this internship, I'm fresh out of college, and you're going to give me your expensive equipment, and I'm going to go out to clients and shoot video. Right. And they're, I'm always very, very, very upfront with them about, hey, listen, you will get to shoot video, you will get to edit video, but initially, you've got to go through some training on proper usage of the camera, proper care of the cameras, and uh, you know, making sure that you know how to communicate with clients and, and take care of the equipment. And even though you say that up front, and I'll really say it over and over again, they'll say, oh, I understand, I understand, and then they're still 
they're not hearing it because it's not what they want to hear. Exactly. Well, and you know, so many places, even if you've done the very same job at a different company, once you change companies, that doesn't mean that <laughs> they do it the same way. Right. Well, I've got a question. Though. In the in the interviewing process, and I don't know what they did, this personality that, that he would have, I would think, would come through in a short amount of time with knowing what their expectations or you know, Answer. questions that he would have or expectations that they would have. It seems like maybe there was a breakdown in communication or that they were not asking the right questions or interviewing correctly when they were looking at that candidate. You would think that, but they did several interviews with him. They did a disc with him. Wow. So, I mean, the whole shooting match, it was a long, drawn-out process before they finally said, we want you. And the only thing I will say about that is DISC is never enough. It's a great baseline, but it doesn't give you enough information about sales acumen to be able to make a decision like that. I mean, it, it, it helps a little, but there's not a whole lot of DISC that will help a company recognize whether or not that's going to be a fit in a sales position. There are other assessments that are much better for that. But it does sound like that in terms of horror stories that happen in the company, so many things could probably be prevented with setting expectations and more clarity and that kind of thing. And at least in what we've been talking about, that's what's created. Communication breakdown. Yeah. 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 Now, Mary, you, you had brought up an interesting topic, too, about just inconsiderate behavior, kind of the little things. It's not one mm. big horror story, but a lot of little things that somebody can do. Yeah, and, and what's interesting is that you see, you know, somebody who always eats very pungent food at their desk, <laughs> or people who never clean up after themselves in the company kitchen uh-huh. if it's a responsibility mm-hmm. of everyone, or someone who always takes much longer for their break and so someone else has to cover phones, or, you know, people who never hit the deadline. And I mean, those are all very small things, but what I often see is that leadership doesn't want to have that conversation. Mm, right. I, they, I, I'm making air quotes here. The, they don't like confrontation, mm. so they just let it go. But then it drives everyone crazy. It's exactly. hard to have those conversations. This, but, you know, it, it doesn't have to be, but I think when people go into it thinking it's going to be a confrontation, mm. that it's going to be, I'm telling you how you're bad or wrong, it just feels awkward. Instead of going into it with a, let's have a conversation about what's going on right. here because you might not realize how it's impacting other people. And it gives the person a chance to say, oh, gosh, I just had no idea. Or if they think, well, we have a lackadaisical office, so if I take an hour and 15 minutes for lunch instead of an hour, it doesn't really matter. Well, maybe it does. Sure. But if no one ever tells them, again, it goes back to expectations. So those little things, if they never get addressed... Other people say, well, if this person can do that and no one and gets away with it, wow. then why should I? The domino effect. Why it should does. I do it? Your topic actually reminded me of, it's actually, it's an amusing horror story. And to this day, I don't understand it. I was a manager for a larger company, had a department, and we brought a new person on board. And this person was, I, I want to say a little bit odd, but for the type of work that we did, it's not unusual for someone to be a little bit odd. I started getting complaints from other employees that he did things that were annoying. (laughs) And the things that they cited were, he makes snorting noises, he chews loud, he eats at his desk and he chews loud, he makes, it was mostly about weird noises and things like that. And it was coming from not just one employee, but everybody that sat around him. So I did have to have the conversation with him, and he 
was, oh, I, you know, I had no idea, and, and I didn't. No, it doesn't stop there, though. Oh, okay. I thought that I, that, I thought that that fixed the problem. Well, it didn't. It continued. The, the responses I got for the other employees were that it's gotten worse. Interesting. And so I thought I would kind of, instead of talking with them, kind of take a look at the situation, and I couldn't see any problem. And then the other employees started telling me, well, he only does it when you're not around. As soon as you leave so the it's area, it's like deliberate. It's not even like it's. <laughs> he was deliberately being annoying to other employees. I have no idea why. It's weird. A guy that uh, yeah, came there's... in and he would walk through the halls and he would bounce this ball. It was like a little. And he, you would tell he was like a nerve. You know, like he just was like an ADD type person. But it was so distracting. And then he was also would have calls and his calls. He'd leave his door open and he would talk so loud that it was. I have no problem with that. I mean, I could be a loud talker myself, but it was to the point it, he had an office with a door that shut. So yeah. why wouldn't it's you a, just do that? A and then real he, lack of self-awareness. Yeah, and then he'd just walk around when he would get out of his desk or of his office and bounce his ball. And it's that same thing. You don't want to be rude. You don't want to be like, hey, I'm not trying to shut you down. But this is something that's kind of disruptive to you know other people. And, and that's the thing, it, approaching it saying, I bet you don't even realize this. Right. That that the bouncing the ball can be it can be so distracting. It's a it's shared really environment yeah. at an office. Just and, like and some people yeah. just don't have what you said that self awareness. They just don't have it. And with the guy that was passive aggressive then <laughs> I, when he was just doing it to be more obnoxious. I had that situation in an organization where I was doing some coaching and they had shared offices. So one of the guys did what's kind of called my mom used to call deedly deeing. <laughs> you know, where just this mindless sort of humming or dee dee dee, you know, whatever mm-hmm. that doesn't really even really a song or anything. It's just or just noises like. <laughs> and I had to have a conversation with him because the other guys in the office were really distracted by it. But he was cool about it. He said, oh, gosh, I didn't even have any idea I was doing it. And then sometimes they need help stopping because it's a habit. Right. Yeah. They didn't yeah. realize they were doing it. And so then they would need the coworkers to give them a signal or something that says you're doing it stop at least they were open to it you know like yeah well there's been even situations where people have allergies or whatever so and you know when they've eaten and right after they've eaten they will cough they'll have a lot of volume and 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 the coughing and doing that and if you're around them or even if you're talking to them on the telephone you know it's just it's very distracting and and that one i don't know how you would deal with Mm -mm. that being as it's it's a physical reaction, or it could be, uh, you know, but it's it's something that comes always after eating. And you know, and if I'm on the phone with this person, I know that they just got through eating <laughs> because of the, the coughing. And it's, I don't know what you do in that situation, especially when you're, if you're in the office and sitting near them, that would really be very, very distracting. And how we, do you had deal that, with that? we had a similar situation in a, in a larger office, and those of us that could wear headphones while it was going on would wear headphones, and then also this person was a lucky beneficiary of a private office mm. with a door. <laughs> yeah. So I think that a good question becomes, you know, depending on how big the organization is, is, you know, if you sit next to someone and maybe we're both in sales or something and it's, it's bothering me, so personally, I think it's up to that person to say, hey, but, you know, in other organizations, people take it to HR and want them to deal with mm-hmm. it. And then I think that's when it maybe becomes a little bit, you know, because now yeah. you're the tattletale. Now it's like it's 
maybe maybe it's even embarrassing to them. Which I'm not is, saying it's wrong to do it that way. I'm just saying I think that that becomes a question of how, how. Which is probably why this guy got worse after right after I talked to him. But he was probably <laughs> mad that nobody said anything to him directly. Exactly. And and what what I would do is encourage the person to talk to someone who can help them come up with the language to have the conversation themselves. Right. Not to 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 completely abdicate yeah. the responsibility of the conversation. Because how many times in life do you need to have those kind of conversations? Absolutely. And if you can learn it and get better at it, what a great skill. And the other piece of it is if you think about how much of the onus is on the person with the unfortunate but chronic difficult behavior, like the person <laughs> who, after they ate and they have the allergy, what would be really nice for that person, because they know it happens to them, is to say, here's my situation. I know this can be disruptive. Let me know what I might be able to do if this is creating a problem for you. If you're going to have a phone call at this time, I can go work in the break room or, or something. Because once once you've once you've owned up to the challenging behavior, you've made it much easier for people to talk to you about it mm-hmm. because it's not this elephant in the room. Right. Now another probably a good opener for some fabulous horror stories is high <laughs> drama. Has anybody ever worked in a high drama office? Oh, I have. Uh-huh. <laughs> yes. How many of us, that's why we have our own companies now. Uh-huh. <laughs> All the hands are going yeah. Yeah. As a matter of fact, after working on my own for a little while, you know, it's such a, an adjustment. Oh, somebody coughed in the other room. I better run and see what happened. Oh, the dog needs to go out. I better go. But once all that is finished and you're not around that high drama, it's like, wow. It's almost like an awakening. Uh, you, you're just so used to it, and the productivity level too. You oh, know, yeah. you know, you're yeah. like, wow. You know, it's amazing that if you have those days where you're like, okay, you know, I went in actually on New Year's Eve. Uh, our office was technically closed, but I went in that day just because I was like, no one's there. I got some stuff mm-hmm. done, you know, and you kind of just worked the way I needed to work to just, you know, not having people coming in. And our office isn't high drama by any means, but nonetheless, you still the more people, the more chaos there is going to be naturally so I worked in an office that was so high drama that in the mornings this is how I knew it was time to go well I knew it was time to go when my doctor told me I needed to uh, eliminate whatever stress was causing medical issues it was that high drama but on my way to work I would actually have pep talks with myself while I was driving and I'd say don't let it get to you no matter what's going on no matter what people are saying no matter what they're doing and who's stabbing who in the back just ignore it and, and do your job. And every evening on the way back from that job, I would be clinching the steering wheel in tears going, why do I let it get to me? Mm-hmm. Why does it bother me so much? Why can't I just block it and, and do my job? And that the stress from the drama, and I'm, I granted some people deal with drama better than I do. I'm just not, I'm not very tolerant of that type of behavior, but the stress got to be so bad that I was having stomach pains. And my doctor actually said, you're either going to have to take medication or you have to get away from whatever is causing the stress. And once I got away from that job, I noticed a few months later, hair started growing back. Wow. That I didn't even wow. notice was, was missing. So, I mean, it was just really just people judging and comments and blaming and um, trying to make other people look bad and, you know, just things going on. And that's, that's a dreadful and hard situation to be in. That's your livelihood. Mm-hmm. You know, you rely on that paycheck to eat. So, and that's leading. That's leadership's fault. Yeah. yeah. Well, and you're going to have such high turnover, too, because you're just going to, you know. I mean, and, and people, people who issues. love drama, who love 
to watch people battle it out and compete. And if that environment is good for a person, great. But what's the Gallup statistic? 82% or something of people are either disengaged or actively disengaged at work. Mm-hmm. One of the reasons why, in my belief, is that they are a poor cultural fit. And probably what you would have had to do to survive there is just completely shut down, is just stop caring completely. Right. Because as long as you cared, it was going to get to you. And then you have an actively disengaged employee right. who's phoning it in, doing whatever yeah, they yeah. have to just to get by, but knowing that they're just trapped in a really horrible environment. But don't you think companies then lose the really good talent? Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. There's when people know they can go that. somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Yes, indeed. Especially with an economy like now, when people couldn't leave because jobs were scarce, it was different. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but now people will just go. We're actually, here at, at CN Video, we're thinking about trying something new. I've been listening to these audiobooks, and they were talking about office drama and people backstabbing, and probably the, the when you say office drama, the biggest piece of that is just people talking behind other people's backs. Mm-hmm. Sure. And she made an interesting recommendation, and it was about, it was kind of like team building sort of thing, but what she recommended was allow people to have these conversations with each other on a more personal level. So on Monday mornings when we do our regular, you know, what are you working on? What are our priority projects? We're going to throw in for each person, how are you? Just a how are you and give each person a few minutes to say, you know, oh, I had a great Christmas. And Are you going to put a timer on it? Because you never got yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I kind of hope that people will, right. if Respect somebody needs time. to talk a little bit longer, then maybe that time they can. But if it gets to be a habit, then we have that uncomfortable conversation. <laughs> you talk too but much. <laughs> I think just allowing people to talk about, like, in their personal life and in the office, mm-hmm. you know, what's going on with you? How are you mm-hmm. doing? And just giving people a few minutes, no judgment. A little humanity in the place. Yeah, exactly. I think it's good, too, because exactly. if they are maybe struggling with something at work and you're like, oh, my gosh, I had no idea you were going through this, right. you know, personal yeah. thing at yeah. home. Right. Not saying you have to go deep into it, but give some, shed some light on your personal life so that way people can, you know, maybe go, okay, you know, maybe I can help you here. Or, oh, I understand if you can't or if you're struggling here. I think it makes everyone work better. Mm-hmm. Or maybe in the coughing situation, you know, I have this... Oh, I have this allergies to driving me right. nuts. Or, you know, something that someone goes, oh, she's not just doing that It's amazing us. how less annoying it is when you realize that it's a medical condition sure. or some reason yeah. why. Then there's yeah. compassion as right. opposed to annoyance. Right. Yeah. Right. In general, more understanding, I think, is key to better work mm-hmm. environments. So I, I think that's a great idea, Sam. I I've gone into a couple of organizations, and one of the exercises I've had people do is to write down and then share the thing I like best about my job and the thing that's most difficult about my job. Because sometimes the thing that makes their job the most difficult are things that other people could do differently. Mm. An example Mm. that I could give is that there was somebody who was in charge of ordering office supplies, and when people would just come take things and never tell that they took the last one, or they would just go into his desk and take forms or whatever and not know that they were gone. So it made his job really hard to be prepared for everybody else because people were working around him. Mm-hmm. And once everybody knew what a challenge that was, then it was, oh, well, let's do this. Let's let's figure it out. And instead of just going into your drawer and taking a form that I know is there, I'll ask you for it. Or I'll tell you I took one or something. So sometimes it's a little thing that can make someone's job a little bit less annoying. 
And no matter how much you try to, quote, leave it at the door, unquote, there are just some things you cannot yeah. in your personal life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Good. We're not different people at work and at home. Right. We Same brain, same issues. Um, you're focusing on different things, but they're still there. Thanks for listening to Super Manager by CN Video Production. Visit our website at cn-video.com for additional episodes and lots of Super Manager resources. Or give us a call at 314-VIDEO-ME.